Last night, Kanye West announced that he was running for president, hashtag 2020 vision. And immediately conspiracy theories erupted because basically everyone believes that if Kanye West really ran for president, he would siphon votes away from Joe Biden, helping Donald Trump win. But the left, mostly the Democrats, because progressives actually are calling out the absurdity of this, but the Democratic personality resistance types are convinced Kanye West is engaging in a conspiracy to help Donald Trump purposefully by siphoning, siphoning away black voters from Biden to Kanye. And there is just a whole, whole new spectrum of racism there that's being highlighted by progressives about the absurdity that Joe Biden just inherits votes from these people. The reality is, in all re- look, in all likelihood, Kanye West is not really running for president. He said 2020 vision. We don't know what this means. Kanye has talked about running for president in 2024. Maybe he's serious. It doesn't really matter. He's missed the deadline to actually get on the ballot in many states. Sure, he can try and run as an independent with a, on a, a, a you know, a right in ticket kind of uh, platform. I just don't think it's a legit thing. In the end, you know what it really is? Let's just play Occam's razor, man. It's Kanye being Kanye. He's an eccentric dude. A lot of people tried it. They, they, they tried calling him crazy when he came out supporting Donald Trump and all this stuff. Kanye is a smart fella. Okay. He's extremely wealthy. He knows what he's doing, but let's be real. The dude is eccentric, but I mean, let's just, come on. Could you imagine the first lady, Kim Kardashian? What, what, it's 2020, man. I swear. I would not be shocked if he actually ended up winning on a write-in ticket. But the reality is it's not a conspiracy, but I got to show you these tweets. Listen, it was a holiday yesterday. I'm not working very hard today. Is it obvious to you? Let's have some fun and hang out and see what's going on with the Kanye Trump conspiracy. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box if you'd like to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. You know why? It is imperative that the good people of this country understand the conspiracy between Donald Trump and Kanye West. As the story goes, a dark and stormy night, Kanye emerges from a limousine. Secret Service agents rush him into the White House through a secret entrance where he meets with Trump, pulls out the folder, the plan. I'm going to run for president because it guarantees he's going to win. Okay, I'm kidding. If you want to share my video, it'd be greatly appreciated. It would help my channel grow. If you just want to watch, then hit the subscribe button, the like button, the notification bell, and we will read the story. Before I get into what Kanye's actually said, let me just point out, I do have... A, in my in my opinion, a more astute breakdown. It's up in the air whether or not Kanye wanting, running would help or hurt Trump. Kanye is an overt, avowed Trump supporter. And there are a lot of people in the black community and young people who do support Kanye. I'd have to say, Kanye running would probably hurt Trump because the people who listen to him aren't just blind Biden vote. Like They're not blind Biden voters who are like, I was going to vote for Biden before this. No, a lot of the people who support Kanye were probably converted the ones who actually, you know, believe and trust Kanye to being Trump supporters, he'd probably take their votes, uh, uh, t- take those votes from Trump. And I've actually got a breakdown uh, for this. Rasmussen actually said last month that approval for Trump among the black community was at 41%. That's got to be static. Okay. I-, I don't think that's legit. It could be though, because that's the fourth poll we've seen showing Trump doing very well uh, among black voters mostly among young black men, though. 
And I think this may be attributed to people like Candace Owens or Kanye West, which is why the reality is it's not a conspiracy to hurt the Democrats. It might actually hurt Trump. Ultimately, Kanye's probably not running for president, but let's see what he said. Fox News. Kanye West tweets he's running for president of the United States, references 2020 vision. We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God. Uh, here, that's, that's, that's what he said. And then I love, I love this year, huh? SpaceX and Tesla CEO Elon Musk tweeted a response to the announcement saying he would back West in his quest for the White House. You have my full support. <laughs> it was unclear if West has a campaign staff as of this time. This isn't the first time West has said he would run for president. He claimed back in 2019 during his appearance at the Fast Company Innovation Festival in New York City that he was planning to run in 2024. He said, when I run for president in 2024, we're going to definitely, everyone busts out laughing. Kanye says, yo, what y'all laughing at? He said at that time, when I run for president in 2024, we would have created so many jobs that in fact, I'm going to walk. (laughs) Kanye is so much fun, isn't he? I'm not going to run. I'm going to walk. He's talking about Trump, right? West added, what I'm saying is when y'all read the headlines, Kanye's crazy, this and that, this and that. It's like one in three African-Americans are in jail and all and all the celebrities are in jail also because they can't say nothing. They got no opinion. They so scared. What do you, let me let me let me break this down. He's bringing up. A, he's bringing up a point. They're not really in jail that all these people are in a kind of I think kind of called it like a mind prison or something. They can't speak up. Now, I don't know if he's actually speaking to the culture war or cancel culture, but it does lend itself to this idea. There are a lot of people. Hey, the silent majority, right? Did you see those videos of fireworks across LA, Philadelphia? It's like the whole city was exploding. These people, these are the silent majority. Now, they may not necessarily be overtly political, but they're the people saying F you to the government telling you you can't celebrate. These are the people who may be in something akin to a mind prison who can't speak up and say what they want to say, but who might actually support Kanye West. They say Musk's tweet comes after he was forced to downplay his personal connection to a, I'm, I'm not going to read this. It has nothing to do with anything. What is this? Paris Hilton, Paris tweeted Paris for president. <laughs> All right, man, we're entering idiocracy territory. I am now going to enter a portal. I'm going to bring you into the wide, wide world of, let, 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 me, let me try and be careful with this. It's really hard. Look, I know I do thumbnails and people say it's clickbait and stuff. It really is hard to try and succinctly explain all of the intricacies of what I mean by the word Democrats. And often I'm like, is it media? Is it leftist? Is it liberal? Is it Democrats? It's really hard to say. Democrats, in my mind, that word represents elitist media types, establishment Democratic politicians, and their high profile celebrity resistance members. It doesn't necessarily reflect progressives who don't like Democrats, the far left, Antifa, etc. It really is hard to break these things down when there's big overlaps between many of these groups. But what I mean by Democrats here, for the most part, is the establishment crony pro-Biden people. Okay, progressives are not pro-Biden, just so you know. They're actually being a bit critical. But let's, uh, let's, let's, let's enter the world that is Twitter. Taniel said, uh, let's see who this, who, who's, who's this guy. He's a, um, I don't know what he, criminal justice, local elections, voting rights. He says, Kanye West is already too late to make ballot in Texas, New York, and Illinois. He has 10 days to collect 130,000 signatures for, uh, to make it in Florida and an extra day to collect 12,000 in Michigan. The takes on what it means he'd run for president should probably reflect some of this. 
In California, he'd need to collect 200,000 signatures in 30 days, which I'd say is not an easy, it's not as easy as it sounds, uh, uh, if it sounded easy in the first place. He says, uh, while you're here for Kanye, yada, yada, yada. Daniel, th- this guy's bringing up a good point, which shows me that Kanye's not really running for president, I guess a write-in ticket kind of campaign. And hey, he is Kanye. He, he could probably get a lot of people to support, support him. I don't know if he could get 63 million votes, though, on an independent ticket. But this is the important data you needed. But let's, let's enter the wild, wild world of Twitter. What are these people? What is this? This is Protect Trans Kids Black Lives Matter um, at Monroe Bergdorf. I'm not super familiar with who this is, but this is a verified Twitter user saying Kanye West running for president isn't that. Remember, he's in bed with Donald Trump. It's a ploy to divide the black vote and take votes away from Joe Biden. What is it going to take people to stop supporting Kanye? See him for how he is. Now, how you not how you want him to be. <laughs> Someone said, just a shame. Biden is the only option. Yep. But he is the only option. No, he's not. Stop. I guess so. There was a there was a funny poll I saw and it said, um, are you voting for or against Donald Trump? And 76 percent of people said uh, of Trump voters said it was for Trump. And then it was something like an inversion. 60 to 68 to 70 percent of Biden voters said against Trump. So nobody's voting for Joe Biden, just so you get it. I love it. Here we go. Brandon and James. Who's this? Who's this? This is a uh, uh, Black Lives Matter activist on Twitter. 210,000 followers verified saying, don't be fooled. Kanye and Trump are conspiring to steal the black vote from Biden. Conspiring. Yes, I assure you that Kanye. I, I'm not even going to say that. I really don't believe that Kanye West met with Trump for a secret meeting to discuss how he could pretend to run for president to steal votes away from Joe Biden when he's a MAGA hat wearing Trump supporter who's made repeated statements about supporting Donald Trump. So who who on the left is supporting this guy? Perhaps Kanye is if there was a conspiracy, it's because there's a lot of default liberal types, maybe members of the black community in various cities who don't really pay attention and hear that Kanye West is on the ballot. And they're like, yeah, vote for Kanye. I got to be honest with all of you. I think it actually hurts Trump more. You know why? I actually like the idea of voting for Kanye. I do. I, 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 I'm, I'm being serious. Now, he's a bit eccentric. So I don't know if I'd actually vote for him, but I like the idea. I mean, have you listened to what Kanye has to say? He talks about bringing jobs back to this country, helping Americans. He talks about helping the black community and a lot. And I'm like, here's a guy could actually be a unifier. Now, of course, the far left, they don't like him, you know, and the establishment people are worried he's going to help Trump, which is ridiculous. But I look at Kanye and he does talk about social justice issues coming, you know, as a black man from Chicago. He talks about these issues that affect him and his community. He talks about his family, his religion and how we can actually help his community. That's what he talks about. And he also talks about wearing a Trump hat and building factories. Kanye might actually be a unifying force in this country, not for everybody, but I, I, I mean it. I know he's eccentric. I know they call him crazy. That's not fair. He, uh, oh, they call him crazy in the media. That's not fair. He is eccentric. I don't know. Kind of like the guy, but let, let's, let's move on. I got more for you here. This person, TJ, I don't, I don't know who this person is, but this is one of the first tweets I saw pop up. Only a few thousand followers saying, Anyone else think Kanye's run for president is supported by his boy DJT to split the vote from Biden, giving Trump his win? No, just me. Okay, carry on then. Now we start getting into the fun territory. You ready for this? Ricky Davila says, to be clear, Kanye West is a red hat wearing MAGA lunatic 
So if he's wanting to run for the presidency, it's probably a plan between Trump and Kanye to strip whatever support they can away from Biden as a last ditch effort. That's what I believe. Why? (laughs) Kanye does stuff like this. He's being Kanye, man. He's getting a ton of press. Listen, when have I ever talked about Kanye West? I almost never talk about Kanye West. These people are actually scared Biden could lose because of Kanye. Deborah Messing. Oh, Deborah Messing. Now she's a she's a famous actress. She got 642,000 Twitter followers. She said she responded to this guy saying, absolutely. He's playing Jill Stein. He's trying to take you G black voters from Biden. It's disgusting. (laughs) I hope you're having a good holiday weekend. Did you get a you have a burger yesterday? Yeah, I had uh, we had we had some pretty good food. We fried a ton of veggies and uh, and and some, you know, it it was a good day. It was a good day. Um, you know, just a, just a fun holiday weekend. How you guys doing? This is what we're dealing with on Sunday, the day after. Well, Glenn Greenwald responded to Deborah Messing, or he quoted her. The assumptions in this tweet about who is stealing what, who is entitled to what, are amazing. White liberalism, when it arrogates unto itself the right to issue self-serving decrees on race, is really something to behold. Bravo, Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, I think actual progressives are calling out the establishment types on this one. But there are these weird far lefty default liberal types who are screaming, oh, no, Kanye West is trying to fracture the vote for Biden. Oh, come on, man. Just stop. Listen, if Kanye is actually running, you can even see (laughs) it's the trending story. Kanye West announces he is running for president. I'm not laughing at Kanye, mind you. I'm laughing at the year and these people. I actually think Kanye's serious about running for president. Not right now, though. He said 2020 vision. I don't know what that means. And maybe he's just ramping things up now to see what kind of what, what, what the media will say about it. Like I said before, man, don't take Kanye West. Don't think it's 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 a joke. I think Kanye's being Kanye for sure. He's got a ton of press attention. But man, they underestimated Trump. They laughed at Trump. Kanye West is a smart dude. You can call him crazy all you want, but he's a smart dude. How many people have made themselves? Kanye's a billionaire, right? I could be wrong. He's extremely wealthy. How many people have the level of wealth and success as Kanye? He knows what he's doing. And I think he's serious. He said, why y'all laughing? What you laughing about? Mm, He's going to run. And you'll be surprised when he actually does find a way to unify conservatives and liberals in this country. He's going to light up people who have never voted before simply because he's he's Kanye. He's going to get a ton of Trump supporter votes. I'm talking about 2024 because he's on board with the MAGA mission and bringing factories back and just a lot. He's in photos shaking Trump's hand. And he's also going to get a lot of liberals because he talks about real social justice issues, not the fake Marxism stuff. Could it be that Kanye West really is the unifying candidate? You mock him, you laugh at him, you don't take him seriously. Wait until he wins, man. Wait until he wins. So here's this woman, Ashley Stevens, not super familiar with who she is. She's got a decent amount of followers. She's the co-founder of Jog for Good. She said, watching certain liberals in a tizzy because Kanye said he's running for president, saying he's going to take black votes from Biden, and I'm not supposed to think they're racist. That level of ownership is peak racism, like pure colonialism and ownership. They have no idea that this is probably another sales gimmick for Kanye to roll out an album. They can't see that because of the ownership mentality jumped out. They can't even think critically and ask themselves, how awful is Biden that votes just disappear like that? Thank you. Yes, Biden is so incredibly terrible. That's the takeaway from all of this, that Biden is so awful that people would just walk away from him because he's worthless. All right, we'll check the story out. 
I think the reality is if, if Kanye runs, there's a good possibility he actually takes votes for votes from Trump. There are a lot of people who don't like the far left and don't like Trump. They don't want Biden to win because he's a spineless corporate candidate. They like a lot of, of, of Trump's message, but don't like Trump personally. And Kanye is a good path for them. But check this out from Forbes. Here's why a Kanye West run might be more likely to hurt Trump. Yeah, for real. Rapper Kanye West on Saturday announced that he would seek the presidency, this we know. And many people were worried it was going to take votes from Biden. But the available data suggests that's not the effect a West run would have. Key facts. Here's what he says. West once asserted on live television that George W. Bush doesn't care about black people shocked the country just two weeks after the 2016 election that he would have voted for Trump. West later doubled down 2018, praising pro-Trump pundit Candace Owens, defending Trump, tweeting out a photo of, of a MAGA hat and putting out a pro-Trump song, visiting the White House and saying, I love this guy. West also stoked controversy for proposing the abolition of the 13th Amendment, but he, he, he backtracked later. He said he, he meant amend it because the 13th Amendment allows slavery in the event of incarceration. A YouGov HuffPo poll showed that 25% of black Americans said they would consider voting for him compared to just 3% of white Americans, while he had a 39% favorability among young blacks. Uh, yeah, so basically they're showing he's got 11% favorability among Republicans. They say that, but, uh, but a YouGov Huffington Post poll of 100, uh, I'm sorry, of 1,000 U.S. adults taken shortly after he began praising Trump showed a complete flip in public opinion, 34% of Republicans supporting him. A CNN poll of 1,015 U.S. adults seemed to confirm that data. 72% of respondents said they'd heard at least a little bit about West's comments on politics. And while Democrats had a largely unfavorable view of him, 12% favorable to 67 unfavorable, Republicans were evenly split. Now, now I think this is fair to point out, right? There's a lot more Republican support for, for Kanye, especially considering his message. But I think what we need to consider if we're talking about, you know, changing of votes or, or who's going to get them, a lot of voters don't know anything about either candidate. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican. It matters if you're not registered to any of these parties, in which case a lot of people are going to show up in November because their family pressured them to do it because someone told them to do it, you know, just whatever. And they're going to show up and they're going to put D or they're going to put R. What happens if they see Kanye West? Or what happens if they hear from their friends, yo, Kanye's running for president, vote Kanye. They're going to walk in and they're going to write Kanye. What happens if this sparks some kind of Gen Z TikTok meme to disrupt everything because it's funny and vote in Kanye West 2020? Then yeah, maybe that gets people to vote for Kanye instead of Biden. Because here's the important factor in all this. Trump voters ain't leaving Trump. It's not going to happen. Trump's base is Trump's base. You've got two celebrities right now and they're fighting for votes. That pushes Biden down into, I don't know, into nothing. There was a poll put out by the political polls uh, Twitter account and they asked, who would you vote for right now? Trump, Biden or Kanye West? Trump had like 37. Then by, I think, I think, Actually, Kanye may be in second place. No, no, Kanye was in third place, then Biden, then Kanye, but all by thin margins, giving Trump a minority vote, but still a victory. And now let's entertain. All right, I'm going for it. Remember when I talked about maybe Trump wins the Electoral College, but a Democratic governor sends their, their votes to the popular vote winner, causing a chaos and calamity, right? Catastrophe, lawsuits, etc. Over at Newsweek, the founder of MSNBC argued, that Trump would stage some kind of investigation into some swing states 
And that would jam up the electoral vote, meaning that Biden and Trump both don't win the Electoral College and Trump retains the presidency through the House because there's more Republicans in the state delegate count. It's this complicated process, right? Well, what happens if Kanye West runs and he splits votes from both Biden and Trump? Let's say Kanye takes votes from both groups, man. Nobody reaches 270 electoral votes. It goes to the House. Donald Trump wins. That's at least what they were saying over at Newsweek, because the the way it's supposed to work, I guess, is if no one gets 270, no one actually wins because you've got three candidates, you know, or whatever. Then they go to the House of Representatives. They break them up based on state delegations and the Republicans outnumber the Democrats by, I think, three votes. If Philadelphia goes Democrat, then they, they outnumber them by two votes, which means Donald Trump wins. If there is a conspiracy, it's not to get votes from Biden. It's just to sink the vote, period. I really don't believe it, though. Sorry, man. Kanye is just being Kanye. He just probably tweeted something out, Randy. He's probably sitting there and he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And he just did it. Here's what you got to consider, though, man, to, 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 be, to be completely honest. By Kanye tweeting this, he's, he's put himself in the line of fire for the FEC, right? You got a whole bunch of restrictions and regulations on you if you say you're running for president. Now, he can argue he didn't mean 2020 right now. He said he was going to run. He was running for president. He didn't say in this election cycle. He just said 2020 vision. What's 2020 vision? It means perfect vision. Kanye may be actually announcing a run for 2024. Yeah, he could do that. And Trump supporters might actually vote for him come 2024 because Kanye is on the Trump train. Not everybody, though. So we'll see how it plays out. But I want to show you this from Esmussen. They say overall black approval, likely voter approval for Trump is 41%. Likely voter strong approval of Trump is 25%. Now, a lot of people don't want to believe it. They say it's got to be an outlier. It's a noise, right? You do enough polls, you'll get some that spike in certain areas. That's fair. But these are likely voters, which means not everybody who's in the black community, not every American likely voters. So it's a select group. There could be a, a you know false positive. You know, it's just these, these, these things happen. That's why you got to do a ton of a uh, ton of polls. Or it could be the trend we've seen with several other polls, including Emerson, which has shown Trump's approval rating from the black community is going up, mostly among young men. Now, right now, I see a lot of stories talking about Trump's disapproval because it's at 86 percent among the black community in some polls, the most recent ones. That's 14 percent approval. The saying goes that if a, if a Republican can get 20 percent of the black vote, they will win. What if Trump can't get 20 percent, but Biden can't get 86? What if Biden only gets 60? Point is, it may not be about taking votes away from anybody. Like I mentioned, it may just be about taking votes away in general. And in the end, what happens? The House elects Donald Trump. I don't know, man. I don't know what we can expect. All I know is it's, uh, to be honest, it's a holiday weekend. And, I, and I'll be fair, I was contemplating just chilling today and taking one, one of those rare days off just because it's, a, you know, it's, it's the 4th of July was yesterday. We're going to chill. We're going to hang out. We're probably going to, you know, we're probably going to do the same thing we did yesterday with uh, firing up the grill and something like that. We'll see. Maybe not. But I figured this was a fun and funny story. And I just I'm seeing all these tweets from these lefties talking about the conspiracy between Trump and Kanye. And, and let me just remind you, let me, let me just let me just make this clear. The tweets I showed you, they're not the only tweets. There are many, many more that believe Kanye and Trump are conspiring to hurt Biden. All right, man. You know what? I hope you had fun. I hope you had a laugh. Hey, 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 look, I mean, this stuff is still interesting, right? It's not nothing. It's silly, though. Whatever. I'm gonna get out of here. 
I got more segments coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. So check it out then, and I will see you over there. The other day, we heard about protesters in Seattle who had been blocking an interstate highway when a car crashed into them, hitting two people, putting one in critical condition and one in serious condition. We have many updates. The first is that the woman in critical condition has actually died. So this is rather sad. The other woman is still in serious condition. They've arrested a man by the name of DeWitt Colette, who hit these women. He has been charged with vehicular assault, and I believe no bail. So he's been apprehended. Now, there's a few things we'll clear up. But the other, the other part of the story, after this, I want to talk about, we've got several high profile Black Lives Matter, or I shouldn't say necessarily high profile, but organizers of Black Lives Matter are quitting. They're quitting because the movement's being hijacked, and that's their words, not mine. Far left organizations that want Marxism and to abolish police have taken over. The brand has just been given straight to the intersectionalists and actual activists are quitting. It's been hijacked. And now these two ideas do come together because I want to make a point about what we're seeing here. When, when this hit happened, what did the left say? They said it was intentional. They said the driver illegally entered the ramp, sped towards them and hit him on purpose. They said it was a far right attack, that they were targeted by a right wing extremist. It turns out this guy DeWitt is black. Um, some people have said he's Somalian. Some have said he's Eritrean. I'm not entirely sure, but he lives in Seattle. He has an address there and he works at DoorDash. Seems like he's a regular guy. They don't know how he got on the highway because apparently the police blocked it off. They don't know. That's it. Straight up. We don't know. We don't know. However, the police suspect he may have entered through an exit ramp, in which case maybe the guy was really dumb and made a mistake. But I got to make one thing clear for you, and then we'll read this and we'll talk about what's going on with the, with the hijacking of this movement. Listen, I'm, I'm sad whenever someone loses their life. As most of you know, I oppose the death penalty. And I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, um, this should not make anyone happy. You know, the loss of life is a tragic thing. But my sympathy only goes so far. Listen, you can see right here in this photo, what do we see? It's a curve. That's right. Far left ideologues, intersectionalism, uh, intersectionalists, whatever you want to call them. At night, wearing all black, on a highway, around a curve, set up two vehicles, and then were shocked when a car hit people. And of course, they then tried blaming far-right extremists. I gotta say, when you add all those things together, you mean to tell me that this was an accident, right? You, you, look, 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 look. It sounds like these people are as dumb as a box of rocks, and that might be offensive to rocks, let me make it clear for you again. Highway around a curve, obstructions in the road, no lights at night, wearing all black. Come on, man. What did you think was going to happen? They, now, I, I understand they thought the highway would be shut down. So what were they protesting anyway? You see the point? Apparently, they've been blocking the highway for 19 days. The, the state troopers have shut it down. So what were they doing? Eventually, this is going to happen. And it really does seem like all the ingredients were mixed perfectly into this. And then they tried exploiting it, saying it was a white supremacist or whatever that hit them. No, it wasn't. Well, here's the news. The Wall Street Journal reports a 24-year-old woman died Saturday of her injuries after she and another woman were hit by a car on a closed highway in Seattle while protesting against police brutality. Summer Taylor of Seattle died in the evening in Harborview Medical Center, spokeswoman Susan Gregg said. 
Miss Taylor and Diaz Love, 32 of Portland, Oregon, were hit by the car that barreled through a panicked crowd of protesters on Interstate 5 early Saturday morning. DeWitt Colette of Seattle drove the car around the vehicles that were blocking I-5 and sped into the crowd around about 1.40 a.m., according to the police report. But let's, let's just, let's be fair, man. First of all, they tried claiming this guy was a hit and run. He didn't. This guy actually stopped and they went up and started attacking his car. And then he drove further up. He didn't try running at all. Think about this. You're on a highway. You're coming around a curve. All of a sudden, before you realize it, because it's at night and there's no lights, there's two vehicles in the middle of the road. What do you do? This guy swerved out of the way. When he swerved onto the shoulder, a ton of people were standing there. So what did he do? He swerved to the left. Pop, pop. And he hit two people, sending them flying, one of which is now dead. I can't believe they're charging this guy for this. Vehicular assault? Because he got on the wrong highway ramp or whatever. They don't even know how he got on the highway. Maybe it's the police's fault. And this guy had no idea what was going on. They put up a sign saying protesters on the highway back off. At what point are these people responsible for it? Listen, man, am I going to blame this guy because he was driving his car on the highway? That's ridiculous. I, if anything, the protesters should be held to some degree criminally, criminally liable for blocking a highway. It's a crime. Why aren't they getting in trouble? I tell you what, I laid it out for you, but I'm going to say it one more time. At night, around a curve, no lights, wearing all black, blocking the road so no one could see. If you went and drank bleach, I'm sorry, I would be sad when you died, but I would not be. You, you, you don't, don't expect me to change laws to go and rally because you chose to do something that was very obviously going to get you killed. There's a meme going around of a bunch of activists doing a, a, like a prayer circle or something on train tracks. Yes. What did you think was going to happen? Did you think, I mean, the crazy thing is when people started yelling car, they were just like running around randomly. Like, man, I tell you what, you know, this was bound to happen. And I blame the police to an extent, but also it's just the protesters fault. Now, the reason I blame the police is because they are letting this happen. They could have just come out and arrested everybody. Why won't they? Why won't they say, hey, blocking a highway is a crime? Miss Love is in serious condition. Um, she was filming. And this is crazy. There's actually video of this. There is video of the moment they get hit by the car. It's, it's really nuts. They say the driver who was alone fled the scene. Not true at all. Not true at all. The guy hit them and then he pulls forward a little ways up. Then there's video emerging of them running up to his car and hitting it and trying to pop the doors open. So he moves up again. And I think that's why he wasn't charged with a hit and run. He was charged with vehicular assault. And now that I don't understand. They say Mr. Clyde was described by officers as reserved and sullen when he was arrested, according to court documents. He was booked into King County Correctional Facility on Saturday morning on two counts of vehicular assault. Bail was denied. A judge found probable cause to hold Mr. Colette on an investigation of vehicular assault. He faces a second court hearing on Monday at which the judge will determine whether he can be released on bail, according to court documents. It wasn't immediately clear if Mr. Colette had an attorney who could speak on his behalf. I have the videos. OK, I have the videos. I actually I got to say, man, I don't think this guy should be in jail. I really don't. You know, if, if he got on the highway the wrong way, it sounds like he was just being stupid. Just just a, a, a dumb mistake. Now, you, you can argue that if you cause someone to lose life, 
Ignorance is no excuse for committing a crime. But highways are for cars. How was he supposed to know a bunch of people would be around a bend wearing all black? He probably couldn't even see him. How was he supposed to know that? So I don't think it's fair to blame him when the police did not get these people off the highway. So well, here's what we know about the guy. They say, we have an update here. The woman has died. It's De- uh, De- DeWitt Colette. So here's some photos of the guy. He's clearly not a white guy. It's not a white supremacist or anything like that. Interesting, however, Ian Miles Chong said earlier, the Seattle I-5 driver in the white Jaguar stopped about a half mile from the scene where he hit the protesters. They caught up with the car and started attacking the vehicle. So he drove off and waited for, uh, for police further down the road. They didn't have to chase after him. He was waiting right there for him. In this video, I'm not going to play it because this is YouTube, but you can see them run to the car and try popping the door and try breaking in. What was he supposed to do? What would you do? After we've seen these far leftists shoot drivers, what would you do? Probably the same thing. So he didn't flee the scene. He waited. I wonder if he called the police even. So that's that. that look, that's the gist of it, right? They're trying to claim this guy is a white supremacist. But lo and behold, the people who are staging this protest were white people for the most part. Now, there were black people down there for sure. And I have to stress one more important point. When this happened, do you know what the first thing these people started screaming was? After the car hit these people, what was the first thing they started yelling? They started yelling, help, call the police, call 911. And who was the first person to come and help? The police. A police officer rushed onto the scene knowing full well these people hate him and are protesting against him and want him to lose his job. And he ran out onto a highway to try and save some people. Yeah, because that's what cops do. Because of the extremism, because of the far left, we're now seeing people quit. Check out these stories. Actress behind BLM protest in Whitehall disowns Marxist Black Lives Matter, saying it's a separate group hijacked by far left activists who want to tear down capitalism and abolish the police. Imarn Ayton said that she was behind two Black Lives Matter protests in London. The actress believes the BLM movement has been hijacked by far left activists. She claims BLM UK, a campaign group, is now at the forefront of the movement. Miss Ayton, 29, said the group used a skillful social media campaign to do this. She's not the only one. Over in Minneapolis, the movement has been hijacked. A Black Lives Matter leader quits over public school platform. There's a variety of reasons why they're quitting. This guy, let me, let me read you this first one because I want, the other woman uh, talks about how they did it. A Black Lives Matter leader in the city of St. Paul who has been deeply involved in both school equity fights and protests over police shootings has announced that he is stepping down because of the national group's recent call for a moratorium on charter schools. Rashad Anthony Turner, a prominent voice in the debate over racial disparities and the outcomes of Minnesota schools, said his desire to continue to push for equity in education put him at odds, odds with BLM's leadership. Quote, for me, it was a question of integrity, Turner explained saying Black Lives Matter had been hijacked, being that I am all for charter schools and education reform. And as someone who is seeking educational justice for students and families, I could no longer be under the banner of Black Lives Matter. Stepping outside of that banner personally meant that I needed to step down from a leadership role and any affiliation with Black Lives Matter if I'm going to to do a great job in education and fighting for educational justice. Yeah, I tell you what, imagine this guy. Imagine this. Imagine this. Imagine you are fighting for a better education system because we can all agree it's messed up, really messed up. Be it a conservative or a Black Lives Matter activist, a real one, we can see there's problems with our schools. 
Imagine now that everything you're fighting for is overshadowed by a bunch of white people running around on a freeway getting hit by cars. And you're going to be like, what? What are they doing? They make you look really dumb and crazy. For the longest time, what we refer to these far left people, intersectionalist, intersectionalism, social justice warriors, not Black Lives Matter. So when did Black Lives Matter become the official brand of the intersectional left? They hijacked it. They absolutely did. And they changed what Black Lives Matter was originally about. Police reform. Yeah. When these original protests started, it had nothing to do with white privilege. And you can see where there's a kind of overlap where the far left was able to exploit this, a racial tension. They said, there's our opportunity to inject our freaky Marxist intersectionalism or whatever. Check this out. In an outspoken attack, Imran Aiton, 29, also voiced fears that people may have donated towards a high-profile online fundraising campaign without realizing that those behind it want to tear down capitalism and abolish the police. Miss Aiton, an activist and actress, said she organized the Black Lives Matter rally in London's Parliament Square on June 6th and a peaceful protest in Hyde Park. She claimed the Black Lives Matter UK, the campaign group behind the fundraising campaign, had not been involved in organizing the demonstrations. A lot of people assume they were the driving force behind the protest when in actual fact they were they just support the protests. The BLM movement is a separate entity to BLM UK. I have no contact with BLM UK and they have not been on the ground once. The issue with BLM UK is they have not revealed themselves. They have not been transparent. They, they are abolitionists. They believe in the removal of prisons, smashing capitalism and abolishing the police. BLM UK was formed in 2016, but rose to prominence this year after the death of George Floyd. A crowdfunding campaign launched attracted donations of up, uh, over a million pounds. Meanwhile, the Mail on Sunday has learned the GoFundMe remains control of BLA, BLM UK's fund while it checks on where the money will go. No funds will have been withdrawn, etc. Miss Ayton said BLM UK had used a skillful social media campaign and taken advantage of a leadership vacuum among other groups to position itself at the forefront of the BLM campaign. The same thing happening in the U.S. They have hijacked taking credit for this movement. In terms of this movement, they did not organize. They did not lead it. They were not involved in the 20,000 people on the streets. She added, I am just mortified because everyone has given money and they are not going to use that to better the black community. They're going to use it to abolish the police, remove prisons and get rid of capitalism. <laughs> well, using money to get rid of capitalism, I find kind of, kind of funny. Why on earth would you donate one million dollars to people that are not actually doing anything for the black community here and now? Miss Ayton of Peckham, South London, said she was building an alternative black reformist movement that will call on the government to implement the findings of a series of reviews on ethnic injustices. Her rally on June 20th was criticized by BLM UK, which posted on Instagram that protests were being hijacked by reformists, adding, remember, all skin folk are not kin folk. Wow, man. Wow. Overt racism. And you know what? I think she's she's I think she's the legit one over in the US. We have this this weird thing happening where back in like 2014, a guy started a foundation called the Black Lives Matter Foundation. Around the time the term emerged, there was no organization, there was no nonprofit. So he started one. He's been collecting donations ever since. And his goal is reform, just like hers. He wants to use the donations to create community community events so that police can come together with the people. We can, you know, meet each other, learn, 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 you know, who everybody is. And hopefully that will bring everyone together. 
and help reduce some of these problems. A very clever move. I think it's great. But he's, he's not a very big organization, this guy who runs it. Black Lives Matter now is, is, is running under something, I think it's called Thousand Currents. And they're accepting donations. Because they have allies in media, stories started to emerge claiming that the original Black Lives Matter Foundation was actually not the real Black Lives Matter. That's right. Because the real Black Lives Matter is a front for intersectionalism. It has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. That's the reality. Now, I got to be fair. Unfortunately, as we see these people step down, the reality becomes clear. Black Lives Matter is now social justice Marxism, intersectionalism. You can, you can fight against it. You can say it's not fair. It's not true. They hijacked it. They did. And they won because they have allies at major corporations and in the media that will prop up their views and their ideas. So if you want to come out like Dave Chappelle did and say, hey, why are people getting shot? The intersectionalists saw that and said, this aligns a little bit with some of what we're saying so we can hijack Dave Chappelle and turn his speech into a plea for our religion. And it worked. It was very clever. You now have people viewing what Dave Chappelle was saying as part of the same weird Marxist nonsense. But nothing that Dave Chappelle said had anything to do with any Marxists taxing taxes, white privilege or anything like that. He was talking just about police brutality and people in the black community being subjected to police brutality. Whether or not it's as prevalent as people believe, I'm not going to argue. I'm going to say, I hear you, Dave. Big fan. I think he's anti-PC. I think he doesn't agree with this stuff. If you actually listen to his comedy, he's a funny, unoffensive guy. But he has concerns about people's civil liberties and civil rights being violated. I'm down. I am down to join that fight and say, yes, everybody deserves their civil liberties and civil rights. But they've hijacked this. They can now use him and claim he supports their movement, right? Because he spoke up about it by wrapping this under their umbrella. Now they can do nonsensical and insane things and they can put pressure and steal on, on government. They can steal donations and they can trick a bunch of dumb young people to going out and supporting intersectionalism, a religion. I'm saying it is a religion for a reason. You've heard me say it quite a bit. It is. It is called a non-theistic religion. They have so they have some. It's not a cult because they don't have. There's a lot of arguments about what a cult is and why it's different. But I tell you this: there is an overlap between you know the current iteration of intersectionalism, which is now being branded Black Lives Matter, unfortunately for the actual Black Lives Matter activists. But they use violence for compliance. They have preachers. They have original sin. They they be they they have people sitting in a park with their hands up chanting to each other. Have you seen the video? I am not exaggerating. I've been to church. I know what religion looks like. Now, this is a bit more. It's substantially worse. Like, look, I've been to church, man. But even when I've been to church, it was not this crazy. And that's been a long time, long time since I've been to church. But they definitely overlap 100%. Intersectionalism is a religion. I don't know why, what their goal is, but they do not believe in the enlightenment. They do not believe in individualism. They do not believe in civil rights. They are lying to you. And that's why you know what? Let me show you this. Let me let me show you this tweet. This guy, James O'Brien, said there's no actual culture war, is there? It's just a new way of describing disagreements between people who hate racism and discrimination and people who love it. Meanwhile, woke has just replaced politically correct as the most pretentious way of saying not a massive bigot. A white rioter blamed a black man for giving her a Molotov, giving her Molotov cocktail supplies when questioned by the police. And then the cops found out she was protecting her white friend. It's not about racism. It's about ideology. So yeah, it's a culture war. It's not a race war, but it could become one. It's a culture war. 
This white rioter who was trying to destroy a police vehicle with a Molotov, when questioned by the police, didn't just admit it, didn't keep her mouth shut. She openly volunteered a description of black men who gave her these supplies. And what would then happen? The cops would go out, find a man who matched that description and arrest him, right? Oh, he was in the area at the time. He has the proper, you know, uh, he, he, he fits the description. Here's the guy. And she probably would have been like, yep, that's him. Race, racism, nothing to do with it. The reality is these people aren't paying attention. Like that one guy, I'm not going to say his name. He was like, why is Donald Trump talking about statues being torn down? Is somebody trying to tear down Washington Jefferson and I didn't hear about this? Yeah, you moron. These people have no idea what's going on at all. I'm not going to pretend like I have all the answers. And I'm not going to pretend like I've seen everything. Here's the way I describe it to people. There's a large room. It's got many doors. And we're all crouched down at one of the doors looking through a keyhole. We can see only one portion of that room and everyone's looking in different directions. So no, not everyone has the answers and everybody has a different view of things. However, I try to do my best to ask all of the people standing around the building what they see. That's how I, how I do what I do. I follow left-wing people, right-wing people. I go to the Donald.win, the prominent Trump forum. I go to, well, I'm, I, the anarchist subreddits, the social justice subreddits, and I see what they're saying as well, because they're all looking into this room, right? From a different perspective. I want to see what they have to say. In fact, it's interesting. You'll find that oftentimes they overlap in really stupid ways. Epstein, for instance, they're all saying the exact same things, but pointing the finger at each other. How dumb. Listen, I don't know what we can expect moving forward with intersectionalism and Black Lives Matter, but I can tell you if black leaders keep calling this out and stepping down, you know what you're going to be left with? You're going to be left with overtly white people running, running the show. You're going to be left with people who are almost entirely perceivably and by document white, but claim to be black. Like, you know, I'm talking about, (laughs) I'm not going to say his name. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get a a large group of white people walking around on highways, getting hit by cars. And then guess who gets arrested for it? A black dude. You're going to end up with a bunch of white security guards in the Chaz in Seattle, firing 300 rounds into an SUV driven by a 16-year-old unarmed black kid, and they will kill him. That's what they did. How is this Black Lives Matter when the Black Lives Matter organizers are quitting and it's white people who are taking over? It's not. They're manipulating it. They're hijacking it. So there you go, man. But stick around. The next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Lawlessness sweeps the land from D.C., Seattle, Portland, New York, Mass protests are all over the place. And even on the 4th of July, when we were told over and over again that we could not celebrate the independence of our minds and our nation, many people took to the streets and protested for their ideology, Black Lives Matter. At some of these, I'm doing air quotes here, protests, they destroyed statues, they vandalized property. And yet they keep saying in the press, peaceful protests, peaceful These protesters are noble and just as they destroy statues, statues that they have no claim to. I mean, the community, the public owns these things. Who are these authoritarians, right? Well, I know why you clicked on this video, because the headline is is much more damning than just talking about a statue being torn down. But I wanted to start by talking about general lawlessness because it goes to a really dark place, a really dark place. You see, what you're looking at right now on the screen is just a story about a statue. It's nothing but a statue. 
why we should be able to tear it down, the protesters say. The police should be defunded, the protesters say. I'd like to show you now a glimpse of that reality where we can see truly what these far leftist intersectionalists hath wrought. I bring you now to a rather horrifying story. Child killed in Atlanta shooting on July 4th. Police believe the shooting happened near the Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was killed on May 30th. In fact, according to a city councilman claiming to have an eyewitness testimony. So again, hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. The rumor is it was actually pro- it was it was it was an armed group that was related to the ongoing Rayshard Brooks Black Lives Matter protests. They fired on this vehicle, killing an eight year old girl. The police have not yet released any information, but it's certainly being heavily implied by many news outlets that this absolutely was related to the unrest in Atlanta. Not the very least, per- perhaps these armed men that killed this little girl were not protesters, were not Black Lives Matter, nothing to do with it. Well, then it's still the result of the protests because police have been demoralized and following the, 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 uh, char- uh, the arrest and uh, charging of the officer involved, many police officers called in sick. We saw a widespread blue flu in Atlanta. Now you have criminal groups and ideological groups and armed groups that are emboldened to go out and do their thing. Now, first and foremost, I want to make sure I make this clear. You are, I believe in, in Atlanta, open carry is allowed. And there have been armed groups going about their business. And that's totally legal. Standing guard at the Wendy's. The only problem is when you have people who jump the gun and basically just snap. And what happens? A little girl dies. Let me read you the story and I'll break down the current evidence we have on what's going on. And then we're going to talk about where we are as a country in lawlessness, because also in Georgia the other day, we saw a black identity extremist movement marching through the streets armed. And I got to give the, the founder some respect. Dude seems tough as nails. He knows what he's want. He knows what he wants. And he's demanding it. He says he refuses to negotiate. I don't agree with him. I think it's kind of freaky. But we'll talk about that and lawlessness and where we're headed in, after this story. But I really want to highlight this because this, this makes me angry. This little girl didn't have to die, man. All because they're, the family just exited the highway at the wrong, uh, the wrong intersection, man. That's really it. 11 Alive reports. Police said an eight-year-old girl died Saturday night after being shot in Atlanta near one of the city's busiest highways. Atlanta police said they responded to the area of University Avenue and downtown Connector just before 10 p.m. Atlanta Police Sergeant John Chaffee said the caller told the police the child had been shot and was being taken by a private vehicle to Atlanta Medical Center. Chaffee said the investigators met with the vehicle's occupants at the hospital. He said that the child received medical treatment at the hospital but did not survive her, indist- uh, her injuries. According to Chaffee, the preliminary police investigation indicates the girl was riding in a vehicle with her mother and an adult friend when they exited the interstate onto University Avenue. Chaffee said the driver tried to enter a parking lot in the 1200 block of Prior Road when he was confronted by a group of armed people who had blocked the entrance. During the confrontation, Chaffee said, the group opened fire on the vehicle, striking it multiple times and hitting the girl inside. Chaffee said the driver then drove to Atlantica Medical Center for help. He said the homicide investigators are working to determine the circumstances surrounding the shooting and to identify the suspects as their ongoing investigation continues. The parking lot that Chaffee mentioned is not far from the Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed by police on May 30th. According to tweets from Atlanta City Councilman Antonio Brown and Council President Felicia Moore, the juvenile who died was an eight-year-old girl. 
The same location has been the scene of multiple protests since the day of the shooting. More shootings have also occurred in that immediate area since the shooting, with at least one injuring a protester. However, in the most recent shooting, police have provided no details to suggest the incident was in any way related to one of the protests. However, the city councilman cited here actually does provide some circumstantial evidence that may be rumor and hearsay, but if you trust a city councilman, that's up to you, okay? What we know is there has been widespread lawlessness. Armed groups, as far as I know, are allowed to be out doing their thing, but the tension it's, it's, it's in the air. It feels charged. Someone, uh, another commentator I was speaking with told me it feels like there's danger in the air, like some, it's really charged and, and you can feel it. And I said, I tell you what, man, it feels like a switch got flicked. I really do mean it. Things seem way more tense. Last night, I was actually given a, a, a healthy dose of optimism and seeing so many people defy these, these, these unconstitutional, or, or I shouldn't even say that, just an insults to America by saying we can't celebrate our Independence Day. And people in many cities just went out and lit off fireworks. And it was like watching the entire cities explode. You got to see these videos, man. It's really amazing. But let me show you what's going on with this story. First, Antonio Brown tweeted, in regard to the incident that occurred at the Wendy's, there's misinformation circulating, misrepresenting what occurred. It was an eight-year-old girl that was shot. I am not aware of her condition at this time, but I have confirmed with APD, the Klan was not involved in the shooting. Here's a statement from an eyewitness. This is according to Antonio Brown, Atlanta City Council District 3. Here's what, here's what the witness says. All I know is what I saw. I saw a car driving past the barricades at Wendy's. Then someone at the Wendy's shot into the car. The car pulled up next to mine. There was a little girl in the car with her eyes wide open and not moving or breathing. The parents drove to the emergency room. That's all I saw. I left after that is uh, I left after that it is possible sh- uh, I left after that it is possible shootings took place after but that is what I saw. Now I want you to keep in mind this is just someone typed something up. I have no idea who this witness is. Can't verify or confirm at this point rumors. I th- I I normally don't like to entertain this level of rumor and speculation without hard evidence, but it is coming from an Atlanta city councilman who is cited by uh, this other news outlet, which is verified. And the only thing you really need to take away from this, as I said before, is that lawlessness is sweeping the nation completely. That's why I highlighted the Christopher Columbus statue, excuse me, being torn down. But let me show you this. This is an older story. It's uh, well, older as in a couple weeks ago. Isn't that crazy? Armed protesters take over the streets near the Wendy's parking lot where Rayshard Brooks was killed and use crude roadblocks to prevent people from getting to their homes. That falls in line with what we just heard from Antonio, the city councilman, that he's saying a witness said that they tried to drive past the barricades and got shot. Take a look at these images. You have many people armed with uh, various rifles who have been in this parking lot and armed, but the police said it was a different parking lot. Could that be because the people who drove in didn't want to admit it? I tell you, man, fog of war. It's hard to know exactly what's true or not. What we know is an eight-year-old girl has lost her life and that lawlessness is contributing to this. Could it be that the person driving the vehicle claimed it was a different parking lot because they didn't want to implicate Black Lives Matter and these armed groups? It could be. could be. They normally don't cooperate with police. That's one of their, what's one of the tenets of the far left we saw in Chaz, do not cooperate with police. And it's a common, it, it's, it's, it, it is common, man. So maybe this is what really happened. 
there is a known armed group occupying this Wendy's where the protests have happened, where other people have been shot. They exited the interstate at university near the Wendy's. According to a city councilman, he says a witness claimed to see them try to enter the Wendy's. What do you think happened? I can't tell you, man. Right now, we can just sit back and, uh, and wait for the evidence and for the investigation to come out to figure out what's going on. Maybe there's some footage because people tend to film things. But it's a horrifying story. And I want to make sure I stress this again before we move on to the next bit. You're al- this is legal. Standing around with their weapons. These people, look at this guy. You see that finger? That's trigger discipline. This guy knows what's up. And, I have, I, and, and look, I'll tell you this. 100% respect to the people, to these individuals. Because I got, I got to be fair. In my opinion, this is barely news. You know why? I do not believe that Americans just walking around doing nothing illegal is necessarily newsworthy for the most part. Now, again, to be fair, they're at the Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was killed. There's a memorial. The building was burned down. So yeah, it is newsworthy that an armed fa- you know, group of people came and are not occupying the lot. And this may contribute to a shooting. But on the surface, I was trying to make sure I make this clear, right? We had a, we had a 2A march in Richmond. Black Lives Matter and Boogaloo Boys teamed up, fists raised, chanting the same things. Yeah, the media won't tell you that. They won't. Now, the reason why I'm not leading with that story is that, in my opinion, it's not necessarily news that Americans just are walking around. It's not illegal to have guns. Okay. In some places it is. New Jersey. (laughs) It's ridiculous. The funny thing about New Jersey is you're not allowed to walk around with a weapon, but I'm pretty sure it says keep and bear arms. Yeah, well, I guess guess New Jersey doesn't care about the Constitution. But anyway, in these places, yeah, look, man, this guy, he's doing his thing. I got, I got no issue with that. If somebody accidentally killed a little girl, the real issue is lawlessness. That's, that's really what it's all about. Well, up in Georgia, it's, it's, it's not just about this little girl, man. I want to show you this story. Now, I'm not familiar with the Cauldron Pool. I don't know what this website is. It's a politically and theologically conservative website providing news and opinion on current events. I don't know what it's all about. What I do know is that these photos and videos are real. I have uh, actually talked to some people about this. And there was a a group, uh, a black militia called the Not Effing Around Coalition. Yes, on video, seemed to be calling for a black ethno state. You know what, man? As far as I can tell, actually, no, I got to be clear on this one. Walking around wearing all black and having guns is legal as far as I can tell, especially in Georgia. However, the leader actually may have made veiled threats when he said, you know, he started insulting white militias and, and, and right wing groups. And then he says something about, you know, bring it, come on, let's go. And that may be a direct call to violence. So you're dancing on the razor's edge. I don't know for sure. Now, look, I don't know if this cauldron pool is, you know, how credible they are or whatever, what their points are. But this article does aggregate many of these videos showing from the other day, these militia members walking around. Now, check this out. In this tweet, NFAC's leader, Grandmaster Jay, describing how he will build a black ethnostate inside the U.S., boasting they are all ex-military, extremely disciplined, and expert shooters. Now, first and foremost, I'll give this guy some respect. To be fair, dude's tough as nails. And you know what? It's, not, it's, it's something we don't see a lot of. I think his ideas are nuts. I think he's incredibly dangerous. But this is a guy who's marching around with a militia talking about what they want and how they're going to take it. And he says something like, we'll take Texas. He didn't say, OK, see the headline. They say heavily armed black militia calls for black ethno state. We'll take Texas. He's not saying we'll take Texas. What he said was 
He wants the United States to give land to them so they can create a country just for black Americans. And he says, you know, we'll take Texas. He's saying if they offered it, not that he would seize it by force. So, uh, you know, now these guys, they got crazy views, man. They believe crazy things. I don't even know if I can show you what he tweeted. But let me just tell you, this guy is, you know, I don't like throwing around the word Nazi or anything like that, because especially, you know, when they're black identity extremists. But you got to look at his Twitter feed and people are sharing it around. And he, and he makes references to World War II and certain views that seem strangely favorable to a specific ideology. I'll just put it that way. I don't know how else to frame it. I'm not saying he's necessarily pro-Nazi or anything like that, but he certainly is, you know, relative to many of their views, seemingly in support of some weird. Let me just tell you this, man. They seem to be very much like the black Hebrew Israelites. They believe they are the true Jews. Weird stuff, man. But look, this is what I tell you. When I talk about lawlessness and, and chaos that's unfolding across this country, what people don't understand is that there's an ideological escalation. I remember I, I talked about, I talked about, uh, I've mentioned this several times now, talking years ago about the potential for civil war. A lot of people don't want to hear it. Fine, whatever. And everyone told me because humans have a problem where they try and base their future predictions off of exactly how things are today. And that makes literally no sense. So let me give you an example. You ever see Back to the Future 2 when uh, Marty McFly goes to the future? And what is it like? You've got gigantic holographic, uh, uh, you know, shark or dinosaur. I can't remember. Everything was a futuristic version of the 80s. They couldn't actually tell what new technology would be developed and how things would actually be. Another example is Demolition Man. You ever see that movie? Great movie, by the way. They actually got a decent amount right in terms of culture. But in one scene, the bad guy goes up to a payphone and the payphone has video calling on it. You see, back then they had payphones. So the assumption was what would happen if you had a payphone, but it was just taken to the, you know, you know, to a, high, a, a crazier degree of technology. You put a camera in it, right? We don't use payphones. We got rid of them. Now we have weird Wi-Fi kiosks with computers in New York, but for the most part, we have cell phones. They couldn't predict what things would be like. This is what you need to understand when, when I talk about the prediction for the future. Stop imagining what it's like today. You have to imagine all of the possibilities, the evolution of methodology, technology, and what that will do to the human mind. So several years ago, when I said, man, it looks like there's potential for civil war. The immediate reaction I got from so many people was the Proud Boys and Antifa. We're not going to have, you know, 10 million Proud Boys and 10 million Antifa because the only thing they could see was fights between these two groups. So in their minds, they imagined that to a greater degree. A bunch of right wing dudes marching, wearing, you know, the polos and a bunch of Antifa charging in full, you know, to battle. Now, they don't realize what changes and how these lend themselves to these future developments. The technology, the methodology, the culture changes. But if you are building upon this, then there are certain predictions we can make in a general sense. So let me put it this way. When we see statues being torn down, the immediate assumption is that if, if this keeps happening, all of our statues will be torn down. No. What it is what we are actually seeing is that lawlessness is ensuing across the country and no one is standing up for property, public property in general. We're not just looking at 
you know, you got, you got to do this, right? And, and, and I can't tell you how to predict the future because nobody, nobody knows. Here's how I, here's how I try and, and, and try and make predictions. And I'm not, I'm, I'm often wrong, but here's what I mean to say. They tear down a statue of Christopher Columbus. Trump says, what next? Jefferson, Washington. They did that too. But it's not about just statues. It's about no one defending the commons, the public property. No one standing up for themselves. What happens next? An eight-year-old girl gets shot. Things like that. We can also take statues to the next uh, to their logical conclusion. It's not even about history at this point. Now they're just destroying symbols of this country. Next, they'll they'll target museums. They've already called for those coming uh, being taken down. They'll target homes. They're already doing that. You give them the ability to destroy property. It has nothing to do with just them wiping out statues. In 2017, I believe it was, Donald Trump said, you know, they, they tore, they, they want to tear down Stonewall, you know, Stonewall Jackson. What's next? Jefferson, where does it stop? And uh, what's his, John Oliver, in his ever so short-sighted commentary, said, where does it stop? Somewhere, obviously, right, Trump? Somewhere it stops. Ha 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 ha. No, you moron. <laughs> you don't understand how these things work. It stops when someone stops it. But if these are not being stopped, they keep happening. And lo and behold, John Oliver was wrong because he's an idiot. They eventually did tear down Jefferson Washington, Ulysses S. Grant, and even some famous abolitionists and desecrated abolitionist statues. And it will keep happening until someone stops it. Now, based on that information, we can make some hard predictions, right? First of all, they're destroying property and no one is stopping them. They are killing people and no one is stopping them. And people are getting hit on highways and dying. What prediction can we make from this? Lawlessness, general lawlessness, meaning expect to see more general crime, which we are seeing in New York and Chicago and Los Angeles. Crime is skyrocketing. You can see more ideological expansion. Now we're seeing the black identity extremists go out and march in, in, in Georgia by the hundreds, d- directly challenging, nay, I, uh, dare I say threatening, right-wing militias or white militias, as they said. And we'll begin to see houses being targeted like in St. Louis. They just, come on, man. Protesters returned to St. Louis area where a couple drew guns and they started protesting that house. So without police, everything just starts falling apart and, and you lose life. So a lot of people would say, well, based on everything we're seeing, they think statues will be torn down. No, 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 no. Here's my prediction. At some point, someone moves to stop it. This is why I talk about the potential for civil war. People are burning, are destroying statues. They're, they're taking over areas of cities with guns like the Chaz, like Portland's been trying to do. They've been under siege. They've been, you know, uh, trying to burn down the courthouse for like a couple of weeks now, maybe, maybe a month if you want to argue the whole protest was doing that. New York and DC have occupations. They tried storming the barricades at the White House. What do you think happens? Eventually, someone comes to stop it. Or maybe not. John Oliver said it stops somewhere. He doesn't get it. You tear down a statue today. Tomorrow, a bunch of people like in Charlottesville show up and they fight and people die. And, and, and you know what's funny to me? You know, you know what's really, really funny? I think back to what Charlottesville was. What a moron John Oliver was. What a moron to say this. You had people trying to tear down statues and calling for their removal. Eventually, you got literal like fringe groups showing up and fighting with each other, and someone died. And it was a shock to this nation. Shock that one person died. Where are we today? 
17 people, I think, died in the unrest following the death of George Floyd. All of a sudden, it's just nothing. It's, it's not a shock to this country anymore. People are just like, yeah, well, you know, cop got shot in the head in Vegas. Woman just got killed on the highway. I mean, that was really dumb. There, a little girl just died. Is anyone going to come out and say how shocking it is that it seems these armed uh, militias or whatever just killed a little girl? They're not. It's desensitizing, man. I remember when, uh, it's really interesting. The LA riots was started because one guy got beaten up by the cops. Somebody filmed it. Today, we have people being shot and killed and riots erupting across the country. And, and I always wondered how it is that you can actually have people like be shot and killed on camera and it doesn't always result in some kind of riot like it did. It's because we're being desensitized, which means escalation. Man, I'm, 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 I'm sad for this little girl. I'm sad for the person on the highway. I mean, the person on the highway was really dumb. You know, I can only be so sympathetic. You, 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 you know, if you walk onto a highway at night wearing all black around a curve, I mean, you're probably going to get hit. Perhaps we should do a better job of teaching our children that. But here's the point I want to leave you with. Extremist group or groups are on the rise. You have not yet seen what will come from these groups. This guy coming out saying he wants an ethno state. It won't end there. Were we hearing about people like him a while ago? I mean, only in the fringes, but they're all being drawn out and things are getting crazy. The left, these people are going on. Uh, look at this. Look, I don't, I don't know if I have it pulled up, actually. But over on MSNBC, they're saying Trump is holding an event at the most grandiose symbol of imperialism, Mount Rushmore. And it's like, what? Is that really how they view this country? As, 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 and look, when you have mainstream cable networks and commentators that will tell you to be an extremist, when the people who get hit on the, on the highway, I think there's a GoFundMe for her, it's like $45,000 raised. You know where this is going. The, 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 the train tracks have, have diverged. To be fair, conservatives and moderates are mostly on the same train track. That, that we, we have not moved very far in either direction. In fact, moved slightly left. But the left, man, they've gone so far off the rails. That train is just long gone. I don't even know where it is anymore. So what do we get? Reckless violence, random killings, ethno-nationalists, you know, black militias. And I can only see this uh, continuing until someone tries to stop it. Now, here's the last point. If this gets too far and the left wing faction grows too strong and it, it takes a long time before someone tries to stop it, I'm talking about law enforcement, mind you, not individuals who they should not be engaging in this. Don't take the bait. When law enforcement tries to stop this, will it be too late? I don't know. The best thing I can say is everybody needs to calm down and deescalate. People need to peacefully speak, speak their minds and stand up for themselves. I read a, a story about a woman who went on Facebook and she's, a, she's not a high profile figure. She recorded a video saying, here's how she feels. She got fired. I, I, I hate to hear it. She got fired, but good. Make videos. Here's what you can do. You want to know what you do? You make a video and just talk about how you feel. I don't know. I, don't, I, I can't tell people what the right thing is, but I can tell you everything's seem, seemingly falling apart. What we need is probably some law and order. Now, Trump can do that, do that at the federal level, but if the states won't do it, then I don't know what to tell you, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at TimCast.net at 4 p.m., and I will see you all then. They keep telling me, well, telling everybody that the Boogaloo Boys or whatever are a far-right, white nationalist, racist group or something, and they want to foment a second civil war. It seems like what the media's really been doing is taking the worst and most extreme elements of the online discourse and amplifying it to an extreme degree.
Now, I know some people on the left would argue that similarly about Antifa and the far left or Black Lives Matter. And there's a fair point to be made somewhere in there that most Black Lives Matter activists are not overt Marxists. Many are. And that many leaders are actually quitting because the far left has hijacked the movement. Now, if you want to read all that fake news, by all means, go ahead and do it. If you want to know what actually is going on, take a look at this story. A lot of this information comes from protesters who are on the ground, but check this out. Armed Black Lives Matter activists and right-wing groups come together at Richmond Open Carry March and United Show, in United Show of Support for the Second Amendment. Many Boogaloo boys, many Black Lives Matter activists chanting the exact same things. There's a video going viral showing the Boogaloo boys, whatever you want to call them, the Hawaiian shirts with the armor, as well as Black Lives Matter activists fist raised, chanting that white supremacy sucks. So why is it then that we keep getting told by, I don't know, the likes of Vice, that the Boogaloo boys are themselves white nationalists? These people on the far left, or I, sh- I shouldn't even say that, the people in the media have a vested interest in keeping you, you know, just constantly freaked out and believing that every single group that is not their ideology is far right or whatever. Let's read the story and see what's going on. And I want to give a shout out to Ford Fisher, who actually covered a whole lot of this and is highlighting a lot of the absurdity that we're seeing in the mainstream press. The story over the Daily Mail says, armed Black Lives Matter activists and right wing groups came together in Richmond, Virginia on Saturday and United Show of Support for the Second Amendment at an open carry rally. At least 200 people, the majority proudly toting rifles, semi-automatic weapons, and other firearms, gathered outside Capitol Square to protest against gun control and the violation of constitutional rights. The rally, the rally, organized by activist group Virginia Knights, also served as a memorial for Duncan Lemp, a 21-year-old man who was fatally shot in his Maryland home in March during a no-knock police raid. Whoa, whoa. Duncan Lemp? He's a, he's a white guy, wasn't he? Black Lives Matter out supporting a, 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 a memorial for Duncan Lemp? Could it be that as many people have stated, there are actual there, there are many people, Black Lives Matter or otherwise, who are specifically talking about violations of civil liberties and the far left is hijacking Black Lives Matter? I believe that is a fair assessment. And that's why it makes me really angry to see a lot of these Black Lives Matter leaders quitting resigning their positions and, 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 you know, and, and saying this, and maybe we need to keep calling this out. Intersectionalism is the big problem. The authoritarian leftists, the Marxist revolutionary types are not represented by constitution defending individuals, be it Black Lives Matter or Boogaloo. That's what's really, check, check this out. Look at this photo. Black Lives Matter. This guy's got a fist raised. One dude has a katana. <laughs> I guess uh, they're in Virginia. My understanding is in Virginia, you can open carry basically like any weapon. I haven't been there in a long time, but I briefly lived there. And I was told at a weapons shop, you can carry like a broad axe around as long as people can see you doing it. So I, I, I don't know what's more dangerous, a giant axe, katana or a gun. You know, you get some people arguing. This guy said he thinks the katana is a better weapon for some in some ways. It probably is. I think it's about utility and versatility. Check this out. You can see the dudes with the Hawaiian shirts and the masks up. You can see American flags, Boogaloo flags, red hats. That's not a MAGA hat, by the way. Some people, I think, are wearing Gadsden flags. Here you can see these guys in Hawaiian shirts. This guy's wearing a mask as Boogaloo. And they're out here supporting Black Lives Matter. It's not the first time we've seen this. They want to claim the Boogaloo boys are trying to foment a, a civil war. Some of them may be. I think the reality is the Boogaloo 
phrase or whatever it means and the, and, the, and the clothes they wear is just meant to signify a group of people who are anti-authoritarian who kind of expect something to happen. It seems like these guys aren't starting anything at all. They're not, they're not trying to start anything. Maybe some people online are for sure. Quote, this rally on July 4th is to show that gun owners will not be trampled on. We are citizens who demand our Second Amendment rights to be protected by the very people who swore an oath to protect us. Any and all gun laws are an infringement and are unconstitutional, the event read. Duncan uh, Socrates Lemp was our brother unjustly murdered in his sleep under the same laws in Maryland that Governor Northam has signed into law in VA. Organizers said they aim to show Governor Northam that we stand strong as patriots, Americans, and free men and women. Photos showed protesters from both ends of the political spectrum mingling as they exercised their right to bear arms. Among the crowd of guests was Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase, who was running for governor. You know what? I say this all the time. This is not news. It's not. A bunch of Americans walked around one day. Is that newsworthy? Nah. The problem is it's becoming newsworthy because of a lot of these gun laws and because we're supposed to look at this and think it's not a normal part of American life and rights. So what do I see? Well, the most newsworthy thing to me, to be honest, is not the gun march. It's not why I'm talking about it. I'm talking about it because the Boogaloo boys were demonized heavily by the media and actually many Black Lives Matter activists were. But if you take out those fringe elements, what do you have? Pro 2A activists, pro-America activists, pro-civil liberties, anti-authoritarian. I can respect that. As long as nobody's getting violent, everything looks good to me, right? All right, great. Actually, you know, let's carry on, huh? Check this out. These are some, these are some more photos. Here's the dude. This dude, I, I, I got to say, this dude looks pretty cool, man. He's got, I think he's got a sidearm. He's got some weapons in his holster. He's got a katana. I dig it. <laughs> I watch anime. I like the katana. Sure. These photos are pretty cool too. These dudes, this man and this woman, just armed. They know what they're doing. Look at that trigger discipline. These people know, know what's up. I respect that. A lot of people here. This guy, I watched a video of this guy with, the, with the, his hat. It's a red hat. says, I can't breathe. And he said, I, don't, I, I got no beef with these guys. He's like the Boogaloo boys. He's like, they've given me no, re- no reason to be upset with them. Here, here, man. Check this one out. They say, Virginia Senator Amanda Chase, who is running for governor as a Republican, was the keynote guest at the rally. She is pictured arriving with her gun. Well, that's Virginia. Virginia's trying to rescind, uh, uh, they're trying to pull back on rights, right? Check this out. This tweet, I think, really sums things up. The Amazing Atheist tweeted, I'm confused. My understanding was that the Boogaloos want a second civil war and are tied to white nationalism, which doesn't really seem to be true based on what I'm seeing here in this thread. So what gives? It's a tweet from Ford Fisher on July 4th, where he said, today, armed Black Lives Matter and Boogaloo protesters joined forces for an open carry rally against police violence and government overreach. He's, he mentioned so I have uh, HD footage up. So if you're not familiar with Ford Fisher's work, you can check out his stuff on Twitter at uh, Ford Fisher. It's F-I-S-C-H-E-R. He responded to the amazing, athe- amazing atheist saying, I can't speak for what's in their heart or ones I haven't met, but every Boogaloo person I've interviewed has claimed they consider themselves some variety of anti-state, anti-cop, or anti-big government, but universally claim to not have a racial component to their goals. I think that's true for the most part. And that's why I think they get along. When you actually listen to what the, the Boogaloo people on the ground say, you know, some of them, they do have conservative views. One mentioned that government shouldn't be involved in healthcare. That's not an overtly left wing or leftist position. It's typically just, it's typically just anti-government. It seems to be a libertarian movement. They believe in their constitutional rights. 
And while Boogaloo does reference a second civil war, it doesn't necessarily mean these people want it to happen, but that maybe they view it as an, as an inevitability. What's interesting about this the most to me, I keep hearing from uh, these media outlets that they, they believe a second civil war is coming. And the New York Times writes a story saying, sound crazy, doesn't it? And I'm just like, are you people nuts? I pop up on Facebook. What do I see? Leftists, Antifa, far left activists, Black Lives Matter activists saying that they truly believe something is going to happen. That's the only reason I bring it up. Not because I, I you know, th- that's it. That's, that's really all I can say. You know, some people have said that they don't, they don't like hearing about it. They don't like talking about it. Don't care. Look, I'm sorry, man. The reality is armed groups are marching around. We see, we see black identity extremists now marching in Georgia saying they want their own country. They, they want their own land. It's a group of 200 or so people, not the biggest group in the world. But we're seeing this. We're seeing escalation. We're seeing violence. An eight-year-old girl just died, okay, at, at the protest site, for the, uh, at, the, at the Black Lives Matter protest site, because an armed group of men shot up a car and killed a, a little girl. This violence is happening. The violence seems to be escalating, and it seems to be on course to continue until someone stops it. And by someone, I mean, you know, uh, the government. I don't think individuals are going to be able to stop anything. The government needs to step up and force their laws. The problem is the far left is laying siege to the police, trying to get us to defund them. You know, what's really interesting about uh, the, the Boogaloo protesters at this event. You actually hear the Boogaloo protesters talk about defunding the police or at least demilitarizing them. And I'm like, that's very libertarian. It, it makes sense. They're on board with defund the police. I'm actually in agreement that police are heavily militarized. What I don't like is that, you know, AOC will come out and say, no, 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 no. We don't mean just take their, their funding away. We mean defund them completely. We mean abolish them. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm all about having a police force. I am. I am not an, a hardcore libertarian anarchist or whatever. I'm actually fairly liberal, though I lean towards libertarian, the, the libertarian spectrum in the end. Here's what you got to know, man. You know, I, I, I think it's dangerous rhetoric saying, you know, the enemy of the people and all that stuff. But the media, the mainstream media, they don't actually give you the full picture of what's going on. The Boogaloo boys and the Black Lives Matter protesters were sitting there having conversation. I see them nodding in agreement and they're shaking hands and they're taking photos together, raising fists together. Why would the media try and claim that they're at odds with each other? Maybe it's because they don't want people unified. They want them fighting because you know what happens when people come together? They actually target the power structures, the real ones. But I'll leave it there. That's an, that's, that we'll, we'll save that conversation. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. You know, a certain level of lawlessness is tolerated in a free society. I should say a, a certain there's a certain level of tolerance for people breaking laws. Like, are we really all that concerned about people, I don't know, smoking pot or something? Mostly no, but it can scale up to a point where we're like, yo, that's too much. Even though it was illegal for the most part and still isn't uh, federally, many people smoke pot on a regular basis. Many states have legalized recreational marijuana, even though the federal government says no. Now, I'm going to tell you about some of the lawlessness I love, but then we're really going to be talking about the danger of real lawlessness. I know the title of this video is about how crazy things have gotten, but take a look at this story. You may have seen it. Los Angeles residents defy defy fireworks ban, light up sky citywide on 4th of July. This video is absolutely incredible. It is just a flying over LA and it is a field of explosions in the sky. It's fireworks. The whole city. It's crazy. Did you see the video from Philadelphia? It is nuts. The whole city is just boom, 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 all over the place. Yeah, it's lawlessness. It's the right kind though. 
It's people telling the government you do not have the right to restrict our freedoms. You want to go out and support these protests? Fine. But we're going out and we're lighting off fireworks, even though you said no. Look at this. A stunned KCAL reporter in the clip relayed that each person shooting off fireworks was subject to a potential $50,000 fine. According to LA Public Health, the ban on fireworks, which was instituted for the entire county, was ordered along with the shuttering of beaches to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Well, too bad. The American people will not sit by as your false and unconstitutional edicts are, are, are decreed. Nah, Americans understand. Look, a lot of these people are probably smoking pot while they're lighting off these fireworks, even though it's against the law, because we tolerate a little bit of this. When I talk about protests and civil disobedience, blocking a road is illegal. Yeah, you're going to get arrested, but you're going to get a slap on the wrist. We get it. You want to get attention. It's a low level, nonviolent offense. It can cause problems. You know, blocking a highway can be stupid, but I'm talking about like linking arms, blocking a door. You get arrested for this stuff. But we do as a society tolerate this. It's a slap on the wrist offense. Let's talk about the real threat of lawlessness, though. As these governors, as these mayors are so concerned about fireworks, what's really happening as our police are under under fire, under threat? Well, here we go, man. July 4th bloodshed sees 41 people shot overnight in NYC, killing at least four dead killing at least four dead. Yes, four people uh, were dead. Four people shot. In Chicago, a seven-year-old girl and a 14-year-old boy are gunned down as America's violent summer continues. Crime is skyrocketing in New York City and Chicago. Why? It's, it's, it's skyrocketing all over the place. Police are completely demoralized. Their budgets are being slashed. And what are they doing? The same thing that government always does, like most people. They take the path of least resistance. And you know what? It's sad, really. It really. And, and look, cops do this, too. You know, what's what? what, what let, let, let me ask you a question. Let's say you are working. Let's say you're a cop and you're driving on the road and, and, and you see, you know, oh, oh, somebody somebody made an improper lane change. Easy. You can pull them over. No problem. But then you hear, uh oh, you may be somebody who's going to called in, get called in because there's a shooting. Now, I know I, I know I'm not really, really giving you a fair scenario. Let me let me let me, let me just put it this way. Look, if you had a choice between two incidents, pulling someone over for a traffic violation or rushing into a gunfight, which would you pick? You're at work. You know, not not every single cop is a superhero who wants to run into, you know, violence. But you got to do your job so you'll take the path of least resistance. That's what these governments are doing. The government sees that conservatives and moderates, regular Americans will just obey the law. Now, criminals won't. And the protesters, the rioters, the extremists won't. So what do they do? They appease the rioters while scolding you because they know you will do nothing. So what do we get? Chaos and calamity in our cities, shootings, death and chaos. But it's so hard to enforce those laws. Now, issuing a citation because you set up fireworks, that's easy. That's what the government's going to keep doing. Whatever is easier. Eventually, the people will get fed up. The 4th of July is supposed to signify the day that we realize the government is, is of, by and for the people. Many people do not realize this, that before the 4th of July, the government was divine mandate or force. We changed all that. So if our government is now becoming destructive, because instead of actually stopping crime and extremists, they're trying to tell us we can't set off fireworks. You know what they're doing in Baltimore? They tore down a statue of Christopher Columbus, threw it into the harbor. Nobody stopped that. Now I get it. Nobody stopped the fireworks either. But they're telling us we can't have our public fireworks displays that they did stop. 
We can't go to the beach. That they did stop. But they didn't stop people tearing down the statues and throwing them into the harbor. They're not actually protecting our communities. They are not actually serving us. They are just ignoring the problems while pretending to actually take care of things as they cater to the lunatics. And our cities burn because of it. It's just, to me, it's absolutely insane that we can actually have a month, now 38 days of riots in Portland, and they have the nerve to condemn the law-abiding citizens. And that's what you will get. And that's what you'll continue to get. Hopefully, the system we have in place works. And come election day, these people are ejected for being pathetic, spineless losers. Have you guys seen the, uh, the new campaign ad from Sean Parnell over in PA 17th District? I believe it's the Pittsburgh area. This dude probably had, he's had two campaign ads. And this guy knows what's up, if you ask me. The first campaign ad went viral where he basically talks about the do-nothing Democrats and Pelosi. And it's just a really, really fun ad. He walks around and he's showing stuff, makes fun of Biden. His latest ad, though, he went hard. He called out a lot of the stuff. The far left doing the far left stuff. You know, they're, they're tearing statues down. They're desecrating, you know, uh, Jefferson, Washington, etc. And it's a, it's, it's a rather dark video. I mean that literally like it's, 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 it's dark. And he's sitting there and there's music and it's very ominous and very serious. I think it needs to be said. The media condemned Donald Trump's speech at Mount Rushmore as dark and divisive. What does that mean, divisive? Why would that be divisive? Dark? Actually, you know what? I'll say maybe. Because he, he warned us about a far left that wants to institute a culture revolution, and he's not wrong. The struggle sessions are happening. They are putting people on display to post long-winded messages about how sorry they are that they voiced a character in a cartoon show. Not kidding. We had multiple people quit cartoon shows because the cartoon characters were the wrong color or they were the wrong color to voice the cartoon character. It's happening. And people are being forced to submit to this. So Donald Trump gave a speech. They said it was dark and divisive. Well, I would say maybe it was dark. That's fair because of the warning he gave us and the threats we're facing. But divisive? It would only be divisive if you think regular Americans should compromise with the extremists who are burning down police departments, who are tearing down statues of our our founding fathers. Divisive? I'm sorry. We got ourselves a conundrum here. There was a period where people said Tim was a milk toast fence and all that stuff. And I still jokingly say it, but let's be real. The moment they started tearing down statues of our founding fathers, there was no compromise. I am not going to go to these extremists who are burning down buildings and say, OK, OK, here's the compromise. You burn down half the building and we're OK with that. No, there's no compromise to that. Don't burn it down. Stop these people. Arrest them. Lock them up. Any good American should recognize we can't allow these people to do this. Now, take a look at the, at, the, at the standard crime that's increasing. Any regular American should say, stop attacking our police officers. We can be critical. We can ask for reform while not condemning every single officer by saying things like ACAB. But what happens? These protesters are granted impunity. They go out, they do whatever they want. And when will they face justice? Well, Donald Trump the DOJ, FPS, they've arrested people. But the cities, the states, the local governments are doing nothing to stop this. To me, it all leads to one place. It's going to lead to a point where someone must stop them. So what do we get? Trump, people like Sean Parnell. Seriously, check out Sean Parnell. He's, uh, I donated to him. I, uh, it's funny because I know as soon as I did, they're gonna be like, aha, Tim, you're a Republican now. It's like I voted to way more Democrats, to be honest. I'm sorry, I donated to many Democrats. I donated to him as well because I thought his commercial was really, really great. And it's about time someone stood up to this, this absurdity. Seriously, 
How many Republicans have stood up and said, stop tearing this stuff down? How many? A handful? And I've given them credit. Sean's one of them. He's running. We'll see if he wins. But what we are seeing is a media that would call Trump divisive because they are on the left. They support this stuff. They are writing articles condemning 1776, all of that stuff. And you know what? I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan at all. So Donald Trump can propose his standard conservative fare, and I'm not a fan either. But when he comes out and says, I will defend our country and create a garden of heroes, more statues, I'll stand up against this crime that's wreaking havoc on our communities. I will restore the economy and bring these things back. I'm like, please just do it. Fine. So this is why I've said considerably, uh, I'm leaning towards voting for Trump. A lot of people want me to just come out and start wearing a MAGA hat and screaming. I'm not going to do that. We still have many months to see what happens. And Trump is going to have to ramp things up and we'll see where things go. But if it comes down to it on November and we are facing down the barrel of far left extremists running amok with no accountability, I am going to walk right at the person who says they will grant that to me and I will say, you have my support. So we'll see where that is right now. That is Trump and people like Sean Parnell. None of these other Republicans, none of these other Democrats. We are no longer at a point where we are talking about pro-choice or progressive taxes. We're not even talking about a public option. We're talking about far left extremism or someone resisting it. It's not even good enough. The Republicans haven't even set the cycle, set the conversation. They've been reacting the entire time. So I'm not happy with them. I don't care for them either. I want someone to stand up and say, we will have law and order. You will be able to live your life. There will be a good economy. That's what I want to hear. Trump has been saying that. A lot of the standard conservative stuff I'm not a fan of. But if, all, if, the, if the opposite is Joe Biden, who's pandering to them and trying to compromise to not be divisive. Now, I'm sorry, I won't compromise with these people that are tearing down these statues. If they came to me and said, well, how about we only tear down some of the statues? I'd say, no, none of them. You vote. We have a conversation. We decide who comes down and where it goes. Not you arbitrarily just throwing ropes and ripping things apart. We'll see how things play out. The lawlessness, however, for the most part, has to stop. If the lawlessness is people going out and celebrating this country with fireworks, well, that's the lawlessness that has no victims that I'm okay with. There's no permanent damage to a firework going off. Unless there's an accident, sure. But these people deliberately destroying things and killing people, it's got to stop. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Because of course this would happen. I thought, it, I, you know, I, 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 could, I called it. And that's why I think the St. Louis couple put out a statement saying they supported the protesters. Now, apparently they may have walked things back a bit, but this was bound to happen either way. The initial statement that was real. Uh, so let me, let me stop there for a second. Remember the couple in St. Louis that came out with their guns, kind of holding them wrong. And the protesters were like, we're peaceful protesters, man, on public sidewalks. And they weren't. They broke that, you know, they entered this, pro- this private community. Some people broke this gate. The couple came out with guns, brandishing them. They're currently being investigated for a potential crime. Well, listen, following this, the initial statement from the from this couple was that they have long fought for civil rights and supported the Black Lives Matter protest. And they knew the protests were coming, but people were threatening them. So they came out with their weapons. It's a it's a BS statement. It's complete BS. Apparently, after this, the uh, the dude said they're, they're Marxist, they're far left. I don't know exactly what his quote was, but he's been very, very fairly critical. Well, I'll tell you what, they will come to your house. They will protest you again. Fortunately, this seems like sort of an escalation, but a kind of a de-escalation to where we were. Gun-toting St. Louis couple watch from balcony of their mansion as Black Lives Matter protesters return. But this time, they have security guards to protect them. 
You know what the point of this story is? They're talking about defunding the police, right? You know what's going to happen when they do? As we've mentioned over and over again, you get rid of the police, the rich people hire private security guards, and that's the end of it. They solved their problem. People showed up to their house. They said they expected them. They didn't. They had guns. The protesters got angry. Chaos, calamity. The, the, the press went nuts saying this evil couple lurking on their property to gun down innocent protesters. No, they were defending their property. Maybe they did a little poorly. Now they have private security to handle it for them. So if anything goes wrong, they can just blame the security company. And if you defund the police, this is what you will get. Rich people on their property surrounded by private cops and you can do nothing. And the poor people won't have private security. They won't have police. And this is where things are funny because the joke is eventually they'll say private security is not fair. We should have, you know, security for all private security for everyone. Taxpayers should pay for it. And then they will invent the police. That's what's going to happen. Check this out. Let me read you this story. Black Lives Matter protesters have returned to the mansion of, of the Missouri couple who last week drew guns on activists who broke into their gated community during a demonstration. Mark McCloskey, who is a prominent personal injury lawyer, has defended drawing his weapon, saying he thought death, death was coming through that gate. But on Friday, he and his wife were far more passive as hundreds of demonstrators returned to their upscale neighborhood to stage a protest outside their lavish home. The pair were seen tentatively peering out at a protest from the confines of their balcony in the presence of their attorney. And yes, private security guards. Demonstrators chanted and brandished placards outside the residence for around 15 minutes before moving on. Private security was seen pacing up and down the balcony while keeping a watchful eye on the crowd. It's the future the activists want. They really do want to create this nightmare dystopia that we would, you know, I don't, I don't, there's so many sci-fi movies about the future where the corporation controls everything. There's no more government. I love these stories where it's like the government voted to, to incorporate and now the shareholders run the country or whatever. How did the flip, what, what is this weird flip that the left is supporting previously libertarian positions like open borders? Still many libertarians are for open borders and private police. It's the stupidest thing ever but it's happening. Check it out. Georgia State Patrol headquarters vandalized during protest. Fireworks thrown inside spark fire. Vandal set up at least one firework inside the building and wrote death to America in graffiti. Let me ask you, they're attacking police headquarters. They're burning down police departments. Are they burning down private security headquarters? Are they showing up to the offices of, I don't know, say Securitas and doing anything? No, of course not. Are these rich people turning to the police no, they're hiring private security. Is that the future these people want? It's not, the, it's not a future I think regular Americans are going to want. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what, though. You get rid of the police. Who's going to enforce the gun laws? Then you're going to have a whole bunch of conservatives being like, you know what, fine. And they'll arm themselves and they'll protect themselves. And maybe that's what the far left really wants. Take a look at this story from Fox News. Atlanta protesters vandalized the Georgia State Patrol headquarters early Sunday. As many as 100 people, many dressed in black and wearing masks, marched outside the building around 1 a.m., the GSP said in an emailed statement. The agency described the group as protesters who carried rocks, fireworks, and spray paint. They're rioters, dude. They're vandalizing police headquarters. They're not protesting anything. Video footage from the scene shows a group of several dozen people outside the building and the sound of drums beating in the background. Several fireworks are set off. A loud bang is followed by a red flash from inside the building where smoke can be seen through a glass window. Here's a video. They say, so this just happened at GSPHQ. 
the drumming woke me up. But an otherwise peaceful protest was interrupted when three, maybe four bad actors firebombed one of the offices. <laughs> oh, I love it. Don't you love it? The peaceful protesters were interrupted when peaceful protesters started throwing firebombs at the police headquarters. Bad apples. When you dress in all black and march with them and you don't stop them, you are enabling and protecting these people as they attack a police station. A few people clad in black can be seen walking up to the window carrying what appears to be fireworks. The video shows. The GSP said fireworks thrown through a window of the building caused a small fire in an office. Department of Public Safety employees put out the fire and two workers were treated for smoke inhalation. Kimberly Crotter, who recorded the video after the noise, the noise woke her up, said the protest appeared peaceful until three or four bad actors broke the window and firebombed the office. Oh, spare me your peaceful protest trash. Just because you have 50 people who aren't committing crimes and they're marching with and cheering with five people who start burning things down doesn't make it a peaceful protest. They love doing this. It was just some bad apples. All right. All right. Fine. 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 I agree. You're right. It was just some bad apples who did this. And we shouldn't hold it against all of the peaceful protesters who simply wanted their peaceful message heard. Just like the police, when a few bad apples violate civil rights, we shouldn't condemn the peaceful and honorable police officers who keep our community safe. Isn't that the obvious thing? Now, let me tell you the difference. When a cop, when I, when I get pulled over by a cop and in all, look, I'll tell you a story, man. I was once speeding and I got pulled over and I was speeding bad. This was, this was like when I was 18 and the cop gave me this look and he was like, come on, man. And I was like, I know. And he's like, I'm gonna give you a warning. And I was like, thank you. And he's like, knock it off. And I'm like, you got it. And that was the end of it. <laughs> no more speeding. This was, uh, uh, I don't know, 16 years ago. And I was on a, a back, you know, rural area. And I was like, I didn't think it mattered. I was going like 15 or 20 over. Yeah, I should have got a ticket. I got pulled over. I got my warning. It was a legit warning. I think I think he gave me a piece, piece of paper about it. But that's that's good. That's good policing, right? I stopped after that. I learned my lesson. I was like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And that was a good cop. Gave me a stern look. I've also had cops save me. But more often than in any, in, in, uh, in any interaction, I've had negative experience with cops. And I'm still not stupid enough to think every single cop is bad. Of course, you've heard me say it. But let's do this. When I see a row of riot cops, okay, when I see 50 of them, and one cop lobs a flashbang grenade at a, protest, a, a, a protester who's lying on the ground injured, they're all bad. Yeah, they're all, they're all bad. I'm sorry. I mean it. There was, there was a story about this guy in Oakland. He was, he's a veteran just standing up during the Occupy protests, and he got shot in the head with, 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 uh, with a tear gas can. And he went down. He got a concussion. He got brain damage. And while people were rushing in to save this guy, one of the cops chucked one of their flashbangs into the crowd as they were trying to save this guy. To all the other cops who stood there and watched and allowed this stuff to happen, you are culpable. You are part of that group. You are not law-abiding, honorable police when your own officers do something like that. Now, I get it. If you accidentally hit, if, if, you're, if, if, if you're in a riot situation, which is, con there's conflict and chaos, I get it. But you need to call this out. The department should have condemned this officer. They should have named this officer. But no, they protect him, just like the activists do. So I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and defend any large group of people that's going to go out claiming they're doing the right thing. And then when people in their group do bad things, ignore it. 
This is not a peaceful protest. It's a violent riot. And the cops who, when just a small hand, a hand, handful violate the civil rights of people, do it surrounded by their, their, their brothers and sisters in blue, and no one stops them. I'm not going to defend you. You are the same. OK, you need to call this out. In D, I believe it was in D.C. I'm not sure. Remember this video? The Antifa guy starts hacking away at the ground and the protesters pick him up and deliver him to the police. Awesome. Hold them accountable. Do the right thing. You want to block an intersection? You might not even get arrested, even though you're breaking the law, because we tolerate this to a certain extent. As for the cops, you see a cop breaking, you know, breaking the rules, you stop him. And we've seen it. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to justify exactly what I'm saying about these police. There was a video during the George Floyd riots where two cops catch a rioter and put him down. One cop has his knee on his neck and people are yelling, get your knee off his neck. And the other cop grabs his knee and moves it. Bravo, good cop. Get, I get it, man. Throw that rider down, cuff him. Don't put your knee on his neck. You're going to make everything worse. And the other cop heard this and moved the cop's knee. It was that simple. Nobody's fighting. No one gets mad. You can do it. You can stop the bad stuff. And now I'll tell you this. For all the bad cops, I can criticize them. How many activists have turned in their riot, the rioters? For the most part, none. That one moment I can highlight. And for the police, that one moment I can highlight. We need to make sure we hold people accountable. We hold them to the standards we claim to want. But otherwise, look, man, these people who attack the cops, they're creating this world of private security. And that's what we're going to get. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.